Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. How you doing, Brian? Yeah, I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing today? Awesome. We are live, and we're excited to have you with us. Awesome. Rock and roll. Let's kick some butt today. That's right. <laughs> so, Brian, I, I understand that you reached financial independence in your mid-30s with real estate, uh, but let's rewind all the way to the very beginning with how you got started in real estate investing and what your first investment property looked like. Yeah. So actually, uh, I got started in real estate investing. Um, I remember very, very vividly. It was a day and when I was 21, 22 years old, I was meeting with my accountant and I had a little lawn mowing business. I was cutting grass for a living. And my accountant said, Hey, you don't want to cut grass for the rest of your life. And you're making a little bit of money and you want to start buying rental property now. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't want to be a landlord. And she said, trust me. Uh, in, in, in 10 or 15 years, you'll be glad that I, that I made you do this. And so, and so, and so I did, I bought my first rental property when I was, uh, 21 or 22 and it actually worked out pretty good because I had a landscaping business and, and which was seasonal. And so what I would do is, is I would take my helpers and my crew and we would work on fixing up the, the properties I was buying during the off season and, and little, little by little built up a pretty good, uh, real estate portfolio that uh, when I sold that business, it, it kind of enabled me to retire at the, at the age of uh, 33. And uh, wow. that teed me, teed me up for my second business that I'm working on now, GreenPal. I, I didn't have to take a salary from the business when I was starting it. And so that was really, really helpful. So a lot of where I am today is because of decisions I made 20 years ago buying real estate. I love that you combined two businesses there that have so many synergies. I mean, real estate investing and lawn or uh, landscaping business, I'm guessing that a lot of the guys who worked for you were pretty handy. So they were able to probably do some of the renovation work on some of your properties and, and a good way to keep them employed during the off season uh, exactly. so that you don't have that same kind of employee turnover. So and, I, I want one thing, one thing that stands out looking back and, and one thing that I kind of coach new uh, founders on today, you know, if you're starting a traditional blue collar service based type of business, like what, well, like what I was running at the time, you can take the proceeds from that business and roll them into something more durable like real estate. And so you kind of have this flywheel of, okay, I'm running my, my blue collar service based business. It could be, could be a landscaping company, home cleaning business. It could be a roofing company, painting company, whatever. And, and if you take the profits from that and roll it into to a durable investment like real estate and just do that over and over again for a long period of time, you can build wealth without any secret sauce, without anything that is mysterious. If you just do those simple things, uh, you can build a, a seven-figure net worth, an eight-figure net worth over a 10, 15-year period of time like, like I was able to. So I was very fortunate that, that my accountant made me buy my first property back then. You don't hear that often either, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, most most accountants are uh, don't know much about real estate. They're skeptical about it, uh, so that's that's great. Brian, I want to hear about 
how you scaled and, and what changed in your real estate investing strategy over time? Um, you know, most people start with a kind of smaller single family rental and then, but scale up uh, over time and their, their strategy tends to change. So can you tell us about, you know, what kind of deal you started with and then how your strategy evolved over time? Yeah, for me, uh, what I was trying to do was, was, was pay as much cash as I could. I, I, what I would do is I would run my business and at the end of the year, I would have a little pile of cash could, could have been 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand. And then I would try to buy as it got roll in with as much equity as I could into a deal and then put sweat equity in it to build up the equity and try to use as little debt as possible. And I know that's not real, uh, real popular in, in real estate investing, but that's, that's what I did because what I was trying to do was I was trying to get to 10 or 20 grand a month in, in cash flow uh, after expenses and, and operating costs from my rental properties. And so I was trying to knock off the debt payments and debt service as quick as I could. That worked for me. I know it's not real popular with real estate investors, but I, I use debt, almost, almost no debt. Uh, and now I have 20 doors and that's why it cash flowed then well and cash flows now well. When I was mowing yards 20 years ago, I had heads, a headset like this. And uh, I, would, <laughs> I, I would cut grass all day and listen to talk radio. And between two uh, uh, talk radio hosts that I liked was sandwiched in Dave Ramsey. And so for like seven years, I had two to three hours a day of Dave Ramsey in my head. And at first I hated, at first I hated him. Uh, and then as, as time grew on, as time went on, I grew to love him. And so his philosophy on, on building your business debt-free and your personal finances as debt-free as possible were really just beat into my head. And luckily I, I learned those lessons early on because I was able to build my business debt-free as well into a 10 figure, uh, an eight figure company, $10 million a year. And, uh, when I went to sell it, that was the only reason I was able to get that business sold was because it didn't have any debt tied to it. A lot of my competitors were, were trying to sell their companies as well. And, you know, they might've had a $5 million organization, but they also had like four and a half million dollars in debt. Right. And at that, at that size of acquisition, they don't really t take on the debt. You got to clean that up uh, after the sale. And so, and so that philosophy worked well for me, real simple, single family homes that needed a lot of work that were maybe in foreclosure. Maybe they were HUD homes. And, and they were ugly. And I was able to go in there with my crew, roll up our sleeves and, and build equity, uh, you know, day one. Who you know, was one of the, a person that um, was like a mentor or somebody that just gave you that spark? Like, or yeah, did you just... For me, um, you know, back then, my mentors were my customers. And not that they were sitting me down and like, like saying, hey, let me let me take you to uh, lunch and teach you, you know, the, the ins and outs of real estate investing or something like that. It was more or less, um, I was, I had a wealthy clientele and I would do their services for them. And I would just observe that these people were wealthy and they were no smarter uh, or, or they, uh, than I was. Uh, and they, and they had no, no, no like differentiating like magical talent or anything. They just took on a little bit of risk and actually did things. And, I remember there was one guy that had an insurance business that seemed like he was living the life. He was always playing golf, always on vacation. And I was like, man, this guy, he's not an idiot, but he's not, he's not like a genius. He's, he's just a normal guy. <laughs> and I, and so, so for me, that was like mentorship passively where I could observe what these people were doing for a living. And a lot of times 
eight times out of 10 that they dabbled in real estate or had some kind of real estate Ooh. or they were in real estate. And so for me, that that durable type of investing just made sense to me. And it actually got to be a lot of fun. It was like I was playing my own little game of Monopoly, you know, just acquiring <laughs> doors. And, and uh, you know, as, as a young kid, it made a lot of sense. It, it didn't uh, didn't require anything really special or mysterious. It was just rinse and repeat. And I might have overpaid on a few deals, but over over five or ten years later, you know, I, I ended up looking like a genius. So it's like it's it's one of those things you can get rich slow and you don't have to have anything really uniquely special except for diligence and consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's one of the things that that we love about real estate as well is that. Like you said earlier, there's no secret sauce. I mean, anyone can access it. Anyone can learn the skills to do it. You don't have to have 180 IQ to be a successful real estate investor. You just need to learn the ropes and, and, and learn the process, which you can do virtually for free, or at least for a very small amount of money compared to say like a four-year college degree. Exactly. And you know, and also you said you said earlier that oh, it's not very popular to to buy with cash or to, you know, to minimize your debt, but with interest rates, you know, soaring yeah. over 7% on mortgages and those are home mortgages, uh, much less investment property mortgages. I mean, more, more and more people are uh, looking favorably <laughs> investing yeah. with cash rather yeah. than, uh, than trying to over leverage everything they possibly can. I agree. And, you know, uh, when I was navigating the 2008 crisis, Man, I, I saw a lot of people lose multi-generational wealth in a matter of six months because they were over leveraged. Um, yep. and, and it was really, really, really sad. And a lot of it was in real estate as well. And so, you know, I was just really, really glad that I took the approach of going slower, doing it a little harder, um, not, you know, passing on deals because, because I would have had to become a little more over leveraged. You know, and and you know, I probably left some money on the table, particularly in the last ten years, but uh, I've never missed a night's sleep, and uh, you know, wondering that's how I'm awesome. going to make my, my 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 debt service. So that's my style, that's my flavor, but it doesn't mean it's the only one. You know, that's just what's what's worked for me. So are you are you still buying in cash to this day, or are you uh, are you still actively investing? Are you using financing at all? Tell us about your current strategy for investing in real estate. Yeah, my current strategy is to just take the cash flow that that I'm getting and to look for deals that I can roll in all cash and not have to take on uh, loans to get. And so that's been hard in the last five, six years. And so quite frankly, I've been on the sidelines, you know, and, you know, in 2014, 2015, I felt, felt things were overpriced. And then, you know, I was like, man, you know, little did I know. But I, I think I, I think I think things are going to start reverting back to the mean, and I think there's going to be some deals. and And I don't and I don't wish this upon anybody, but I I think there's going to be some some foreclosure opportunities, you know, in in the next year or two. I, after 2008, I was I was buying up foreclosures for fifty and sixty thousand dollars that now are, are worth three and four hundred thousand dollars, and so. So I'm looking for those types of deals. And, and it's not like a blood in the streets, Warren Buffett type of, of style, but it, it kind of is, you know, because I, I, I have to roll in with all cash. I don't really want to overpay for something. And so that's, that's my style. And so now, now that, uh, that rates are going up and I think, I think we're going to kind of go through a little tighter recession than, than we're already experiencing, I think we're going to start seeing some deals come up. 
And so now I'm looking. I'm 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 looking to to put cash to work um and 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 getting some more doors. So that's my style. So you uh you said that you primarily bought foreclosures. Were you buying like pre-foreclosures? You're buying from the owner who had not whose home had not gone to auction yet? Or were you buying like REO properties from lenders after they had foreclosed on the property? Yeah, it was already after it was already foreclosed and, and bank owned. And honestly, it's not like I I went to the courthouse steps and tried to beat out a bunch of other bidders. You know, I had a couple of real estate agents working for me and, and they would bring me HUD properties and and I would look at them and I would run some numbers. But a lot of times, you know, it was it was like, golly, man, you know, 50 grand for a 1300 square foot home. You know, it's in good shape. Hey, let's just buy it. And it turned out to be a pretty good bet because, you know, 10, 10, 12 years later and they're, they're worth, you know, sometimes, you know, 10x uh, what I paid for them. And so you know, that worked because there was deals to be had, you know, now, you know, those deals haven't been available as much. And so that's kind of why I've been on the sidelines, really just focusing on my core business. You know, that's the other thing too, that I never really wanted to have real estate investing take away from the main thing. So my first business was a landscaping business. My second business is is a tech company. I always wanted real estate to be supplemental, passive, something that was not you know, eating up all of my bandwidth because I always felt like there was like higher and better use of my bandwidth at, in my core business. And then I could take the proceeds from that and put it in real estate. So that's worked for me. And, and the thing is, is when I sold my company and it reinvested the proceeds from that into getting more, more doors that enabled me to not have to take a salary. That is the only reason why my business green pal is where it is today was because for the first four or five years, I didn't take a salary out of it. So real estate kind of almost, uh, <laughs> and you know, it almost underwrote the second business. Yeah. Denny and I love that. And we, we've been there ourselves. When you start a business, you need a long runway in most cases yeah. and you know, much longer runway than the average startup entrepreneur thinks. So, you know, Denny and I both had some rental properties to help us get started. It helps that I got free housing through my wife's job. Denny house hacked several ways to, to score awesome. free housing for, for her and her husband. But yeah, all, all of that makes a huge difference in uh, just extending that runway to get your business off the ground. Speaking of your business, so GreenPal, you, you described this as a, an Uber for lawn care. So how does that work exactly? Yeah, so GreenPal is an app that works like Postmates or DoorDash or Instacart or Uber, but for, for lawn care services. So rather than calling around all over Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp and leaving voicemails, you just pop your address in our app and you'll get quotes back and you hire the contractor you want to work with right through the app. Everything goes well, you schedule and pay them and it just happens like like clockwork uh, on top of the GreenPal platform. And so- That's ingenious, I, I'm, I have to say. My husband's a contractor, so I, I just hear that and I'm like, what? so how did you even come up with that? Because I just think that's amazing. So my first business was a landscaping company and I, I grew it to about 150 employees over a 15 year period of time. And then, and then, then it was acquired. And uh, after I sold it, I took some time off, worked on my real estate portfolio a little bit, got, got all that stuff tuned up. And then I got quite frankly bored. I, I, you know, I realized there's only so many beaches you can lay on. There's only so, <laughs> there's only so much like, you know, having fun you can do. And I needed another project. I needed another mission. And so I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I thought, well, I built a I built a landscaping company, and that was very like blue collar and and in the trenches. I'd I'd, I'd like to see what it's like to run a tech company. And it was kind of naivete as an asset. I didn't really 
understand how difficult it was to, to start a new tech product from scratch. <laughs> but I had the idea that an app should exist for what I just spent 15 years doing, that you should be able to push a button and just get this chore done and not have to like deal with all the hassle and headache of, of wrangling uh, a lawn care contractor. And so uh, I, I got two co-founders to, to start working on the first version of the app with me. And we taught ourselves how to code, taught ourselves how to build software. And uh, over two to three years, we, we, we learned the skills we needed to learn. And, and we were able to get the marketplace going in, in one city, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. And then after that, we started rolling it out into, into other cities throughout the United States. And it became a 10-year overnight success. Now, <laughs> Green, Pal, Green Pal is nationwide in the United States. Uh, 32,000 contractors use the app wow. to run their lawn business. And around 300,000 homeowners use it to order services through them. And, and we uh, still still growing fast, trying to get to a million users. And still feels like day one, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun running a tech company. Um, a lot of different challenges. It's, a lot, lot, it's, it's In some ways, it's the same as a traditional business. And in many ways, it's very different. Absolutely. Well, Brian, do you have any parting tips or words of advice for aspiring real estate investors or people who maybe have a few doors under their belt who are looking to scale and get to that point where you did of reaching financial independence with real estate? Yeah, there's a couple of things we've touched on in this conversation that, that I really liked. And, and both of you mentioned uh, that, that, you know, you house hacked, you hustled, you, you, you know, you, know, you, you got a, a you, 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 you were able to like live over here for free while you rented this out. My point is, it's like, you hustled, you know, you, you hustled up that first deal. You hustled up the first two or three doors. And it's like, it's not like, it's not like you just got your first property and you, you had all this free cash flow. And so that's one thing I like to beat in the people's heads. It's very much a long game. It's a five to 10, 15 year play. It, you know, your former self will thank you that you started investing in real estate today. And that's certainly been the case for me. I'm, I'm so grateful that, that my accountant 20 years ago beat into my head that I need to start investing in real estate. And so I guess my point is, is get in the game, get started today so you can build up that snowball uh, because these small little decisions in real estate don't add up, they compound. And right. the, sooner oh, like you get, the sooner you get started, the sooner you can get the compounding rolling. Yeah, it, what you just said reminds me of that the, the Chinese proverb that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but exactly. the second best time is right now. <laughs> it's so true in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we put your uh, URL in the, the comments here, uh, yourgreenpal.com. Uh, where else can people connect with you and with your company, uh, GreenPal, if they're interested? Yeah, you can download the app in uh, the Play Store or App Store. And anybody wants to hit me up, you can reach me. Actually, Instagram's best place to find me, Brian M. Right. Clayton. Just drop me a DM there. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. And congratulations yes. again on you know both your, your business success and your real estate investing success. Well, thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys, we will see you uh, next week, same time, same place. In the meantime, have a great week. And Brian, thanks again. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. 
and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.